Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here with us tonight. We can feel and we can know your presence. And Lord, as Adrian speaks tonight, we know that he will speak from your word. He will speak your words that you've given to him. And so, Lord, we pray that as you bless us, you will bless him too. Lord, just give us open ears, open hearts, that we will receive what Adrian is saying to us through you. Amen. Amen. If you've got a Bible, would you look at Luke with me just for a moment or two? I want to speak just for a few moments, bring it back down to reality just for a minute. Uh, three days that changed the world. I want to talk about three days that changed the world. And um, it's in Luke chapter um, 24. And um, it reads like, verse 1 reads like this. We'll speak, I'm going to speak about the resurrection, but it's amazing three days that changed the course of the world. And then I want to try and look at that and apply it to your life, my life, our lives, with a response of some sort. And I hope and pray that, you know, you will be encouraged um, along the way of this evening. It is so good to be here tonight. It's so good to see you all. It's just so good. We, you know, we change is in the air. We've been talking about that. But it's just great to be together. And uh, I'm very excited by that. So Luke chapter 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man, excuse me, must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. On the third day, he would, be, he would be crucified, then on the third day, he would be raised again. Three days that changed the world. I just want to speak about three things then. Number one, and we're going to look at is um, the fear of Friday and all that Good Friday um, is, is about. Uh, the silence of Saturday and how there was this period where what was going on? And then the joy, the amazing joy of Sunday. Three things. Let's look at that for a moment. The fear of Friday. We've been, um, over the last few days, Christians all around the world celebrating Good Friday. And you, you've heard people say, what's so good about Good Friday? But um, Friday, that Friday, 2000, over 2,000 years ago, uh, was a dark day. It was a day of abandonment, rejection. It was of verbal and physical abuse. Today, we would class all the things that happened to Jesus to be verbal and physical abuse, you know, to go to the cross. The, it, it, I've, I've spoken about this, but and, and, um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus prayed his prayer, you know, Father, if you could take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done, it says that he was in agony. He agonized. The literal translation of those words, and I've said this, and you've, if you've heard me, forgive me, but gut-wrenching. He was in gut-wrenching pain. That sounds 
a bit in your face, doesn't it? It sounds a bit, you know, we're, we're, we're in church together, we don't speak like that. But it literally means that Jesus was in gut-wrenching agony and pain, physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually, uh, mentally. There was a lot going on as he saw the sin of the world, the whole of creation was going to be, a, he was going to take this upon himself. Bear in mind, he could see what was coming ahead. And uh, it said in the garden there, it says that he, he sweat drops like blood. That's, that speaks of extreme anxiety. When I get anxious, there's a thing that is, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in and you start to sweat maybe profusely. You, your tummy starts to really hurt. And if, if that continues, you sweat, your tummy hurts you, and it gets more and more. And, and so there is this very dark moment in the life of Jesus. It wasn't only dark at night. This was a dark night of the souls. Um, Christians over history speak of the dark night of the soul. Those moments, those moments in life where you just don't know where to turn. You don't know what's going to go on. You don't know what is behind you. You don't know what's ahead of you. You lose track of all time. There is this moment of utter, or a sense of abandonment. God, what? Father, where? And he turns to his father. And um, that day was a day of dark, it was a day of humiliation, pain, torture. The process of crucifixion in the Roman Empire was the most dark, dastardly, evil, painful, horrible. Uh, it was designed to in, inflict not only physical, but emotional, uh, spiritual, and mental agony. It was awful. It was an awful, awful, awful night. And the theme of Good Friday it has a sense of, of, of fearfulness, and yet with Jesus there is balanced with faith. There, but it, but it, 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 I, I don't believe I'm wrong in, would be wrong in saying it was a fearful evening for the creator of the universe who flung stars into space by his very hands is saying, if you could take this from me. And he agonized. It's pretty spectacular. I think it's incredible that that's the love of God being poured, being poured into the world at that moment. And it, it was a, a, a dark place, a fearful place. Um, and you know, there are dark and fearful moments in your life and my life. They come our way when the doctor says there's not much more that we could do or you're going to have to live with this. Or something, a, a dear one passes on and we think this is the darkest place in our lives. Or, or something happens at work or in our marriage and, or, or something's going on in life. And, and we go through dark. You know, there are moments in our lives where we will go through... Maybe not quite the experience of Jesus taking on the sins of the universe, but there is a dark night for the soul. There are Good Friday moments, uh, you know, that can be in our own lives. You know, I've spoken about this a lot, but a man called Chuck Swindle, Charles Swindle, he, he wrote, uh, um, there's been a lot of different books, but um, what do you do when bad things happen to good people? He's speaking as a Christian writer and how when bad things... And so, you know, being a Christian doesn't inoculate us from pain but we're able to walk through that pain. It says, the psalmist says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But there are those moments where we will still feel tinged with that sense of pain. And that was that moment. And in the garden, Jesus demonstrates faith over circumstance. Faith in the midst of circumstance. Faith in the face of circumstance. Faith in the face of fear. And you and I too will have those moments in our lives. And maybe right now you are going through a moment where you're fearful, it's a dark place, and you're just maybe just standing. Faith is trust. It says, God, I trust you. 
Um, and also there's a dark theme, a fearful theme, but there's also a theme of sacrifice. On that Friday night, uh, at the very heart of our faith is sacrifice. You know, to be a Christian will speak of sacrifice. It doesn't sound like a nice fluffy chick at the moment, does it, to speak of that sacrifice. In our family, we embrace some fluffy chicks. Uh, they're not my, not my wife and, and my girls, my children. They're all, all, you know, but but uh, um, Helen being a teacher, they um, at school in their class hatched you know, some eggs and uh, the little chicks appeared and they were lovely and fluffy and they started to grow very quickly. And, uh, but to speak of sacrifice, it, it, it doesn't have a fluffiness about it, does it? You know, it, 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 you know when you say about Easter, uh, don't worry, there is a full story. But we're talking about three days, not just one day. And that's the good news. But it, it, there is a sense and, and at the very sense of our faith, at the very sense of Christian faith, at the very sense of Christ... At the very heart of Christ, at the heart of God, is sacrifice. How amazing is that? That the creator of the universe would give him son, is give his one and only beloved, the apple of his eye. It's at the very heart. Don't be surprised if at some moment in our lives there comes a dark moment. There comes a place of perhaps sacrifice. With the prophet Elijah in the book of Kings, you know, he brought a sacrifice and then the fire fell. I speak to lots of people, they want the fire to fall. The, the, the blessing, the blessing of God, the anointing of his presence. But there comes a sacrifice. Good Friday, that dark night, that fearful night where Jesus faced fear with faith, where Jesus showed faith in the midst of circumstance, where he agonized of soul so honestly with an open heart, there is a sense of him giving, 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 giving. It, it, it takes a lot, doesn't it? It's a great verse, John three sixteen. We could all rattle it off, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, sacrifice. How beautiful, how awesome, how terrible. There's beauty and terror in the midst. I've said this, you know, we embrace the joy of an empty tomb because of a full cross sacrifice. I mean, the cross is empty, thank God. The tomb is empty, thank God. Uh, Pastor, Andrew, Andrew was, Pastor Andrew was speaking this morning about emptiness and, and fullness of God in our lives. Great. You could, hopefully you, better listen, you could listen to it online at our Together service this morning. And, uh, but, you know, the cross had to be full. There had to be sacrifice before there was the, the fullness of our hearts and release. And, um, uh, you know, there are moments in our lives where we will be called to give our lives to give our lives to Jesus, to give our lives to Father God, to give our lives to Christ for the cause of Christ. And that's to give our all. Second thing that we see in the day that changed the world was the silence of Saturday. I find this the most intriguing and maybe at times the most bewildering in my own Christian life. The moments where we don't hear God, where we don't even maybe feel God, and those places at times when we don't seem to see God. I'm a Christian, I love God, and yet there are moments in our lives, and um, I'm going to be picking that up and put it down all night, but uh, it's going to wind you up at some stage, I'm sure. But there is that moment, you know, on, on the day when Jesus uh, died and then was placed in the tomb, I mean, in the story, the, the, the storyline that we read, the account of Jesus' uh, you know, death and resurrection, um, it, it was Sabbath. The Sabbath was drawing, so they, <clears throat> they placed Jesus in the tomb and, and uh, decided they would come back on Sunday, uh, after the Sabbath, after the Saturday, so that they could then tend the body, which was to be the custom, you know, embalming and wrapping and, 
and spices and preservation and, and just treating Jesus' body with dignity. But um, on that, on that, so on the Sabbath, they, they withdrew. Everybody withdrew. And, uh, but the religious of the day wanted to make sure that Jesus wouldn't escape. Because they, so they sent word to Pilate, and Pilate said, you can, you can take a detachment. And so they secured the tomb. They made it secure so nobody could come along. They were going to make sure uh, all hell was... Uh, uh, it looked as if hell had won. At that moment, it looked... It was overwhelming... I, I, I thank God I'm here today and I can look forward. And when with hindsight, we see all the beauty of the resurrection. But at that moment, it must have been stifling and overwhelming for them all. And everybody says, look at the disciples, look at their lack of faith. I think to myself, it must have been overwhelming. They were stifled, they were heartbroken. And um, at that moment, it, it would appear that all hell had won. It broke, you know, we say all hell breaks loose. All hell had won, as it were. And there was this stifling feeling of going under and um, a mixture. And, and off they went to lick their wounds and just sit stunned, really. And there are moments, you know, and, and on the cross, Jesus experienced a moment of silence himself when he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? God, God doesn't disappear. You can't separate the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But there's a moment where the father became silent. I believe, you know, you can take it with, with what you think, a pinch of salt. But in my understanding, I think now, I'm beginning to understand, the moment on the Sabbath was a time where there was silence. No move of the Holy Spirit appearingly. It appeared. The disciples didn't know where to turn. On the cross, Jesus says, Father, why do you forsake me? There's a sense of silence. The father's there, watching, looking on, lovingly, dotingly, bewilderingly, breaking his heart on the death of his son. But there was silence. And, you know, don't you feel awful when you experience the same silence? Don't you feel horrible when you want to see God but you can't see him? When you're praying about something at work and it doesn't seem to break, break through? When you're praying for a healing or a loved one in your family and it doesn't seem to be an answer to prayer? Don't you? I mean, I do. When you break your heart and for years you've prayed about a family member... You've got members of your family, maybe some are Christians and some are not, and you think, God, are you not hearing me? When you're in a circumstance or a crisis or a place, and, and you, you, it seems to be like a sacrifice, you're in pain, you're bewildered, you don't know what to do. Whole churches, whole groups, family, husbands, wives. There are those moments in our lives where we can feel awful, stifled. It appears as there's a silence. But it doesn't mean, I don't believe it means that God has gone. You know, it says, Elvis has left the building. At Vegas, they used to say. I've never been there. I've only watched it on telly. But God, God today doesn't leave the building like he did in the Old Testament. The glory departed. God now lives and abides. This is the New Testament, the New Covenant. It's great. It's amazing. But there are moments where we don't seem to feel or hear or experience or see and taste. And, and, it, and it shakes. It shakes us. I don't know about you. It shakes me. It's shaped me a lot over the years. It has shaken me a lot. And we can't feel or see or hear God in it, in the home, at work, in family, in church. But we believe that God is good. God is love. Uh, God doesn't go away. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He's the creator. He doesn't vacate. He doesn't abdicate. He doesn't go away. He's present, omnipresent, present with us. We just don't see him. This appears to be a silence. You know, and I think part and parcel of what Jesus says, when Jesus says, um, 
We're to follow him. We're to pick up our cross daily and follow him through to be a disciple. The way of the cross, the sacrifice, and sometimes the silence there will be. This is, it's not that he, we will always experience this, but there will be moments. I've come to understand now when Jesus says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23. There will be moments in my discipleship, in my following of Jesus, in my love for the Savior, in the dedication of my life, wholeheartedly, there will be an experience of a sense of sacrifice and that sometimes there will appear to be a sense of silence. It's part and parcel of the way of the cross. It's what Jesus experienced himself. It's at the very heart of our faith. But, you know, as we shudder in faith, and as I shudder um, in in faith, uh, trusting in him during my shaking, you know, and as you and I, you you know, you're here. It's good to see you. As, As you shudder in faith, as you are shaken and your faith is shaken and your life and marriage and home and, and your body and, and our mind and our hearts and our relationships and our concerns, as we are being shaken and we shudder in a sense, in, in sense of faith and we're being shaken, hell's grip is shaken as the love of God comes and puts his hold upon us. Because we know it's maybe Friday, Saturday silence, but Sunday's coming. You know, you've heard the great preacher message. It's on YouTube. It's Friday. I can't do his voice. You know, it's a, you know, uh, you know, a sort of a Afro-Caribbean Pentecostal preacher or Baptist preacher who says, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And he does it great. You've got to listen to it on YouTube. It's incredible. Friday, but Sunday's coming is inspirational. But we know there is a Friday and a Saturday, but Sunday's coming. There's, I am the resurrection and the life. It's great to have hindsight, isn't it? But for those disciples, they didn't have that. I know Jesus promised it. I know they had the living Jesus walking with them. But I feel for them. We, we, we are so blessed. And so blessed now that he has blazed the trail. And we now know the future if we put our hope and trust in him. And uh, the joy of Sunday is that as we shudder in faith and trust in God and we're being shaken, we know that there is a Sunday. You know, with the, the pain of Friday and the darkness of the fear and at moments the silence when we don't seem to hear God, there is a moment where God's great love, which grips and holds our hearts and lives, for God is love, shakes the very gates of hell and looses the grip of hell and death upon our lives. And so when we do approach those moments of sacrifice and pain and worry and silence, there's a Sunday coming. There's a re- the re- what we mean, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ can be released in and through our lives. Um, it's amazing that Jesus died and rose again, as he said he would. John Stott, um, the great Christian uh, pastor, writer, said, we live and die, Christ died and lived. No one else on the face of the universe could have ever claimed that than only the living Son of God. We lived and die, but Christ died and lived. Um, It wasn't just that the tomb was empty. You've heard people say this a lot. You know, the angels said, why do you weep? Why do you worry? You look for the living amongst the dead. He's not here. The tomb's empty. He's risen as he said he would be. If it was just an empty tomb but no risen Jesus because they stole the body, we'd be doomed, Captain Mannerin. We'd be doomed. But 
It's not just the story. is isn't just that the tomb is empty, but Jesus is alive, that he's risen from the dead. And that's the great news for you and I, even when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, that Jesus is alive. He is not here, they said. He is risen. Um, A great writer and pastor and a Puritan writer by the name of Matthew Henry said this, with this we'll come to a close. He said, come and see the victories of the cross. Christ's wounds are our healings. His agonies, thy repose, which means rest or peace. His conflict, thy conquests. His groans, thy songs. His pains, thy ease. His shame, thy glory. His death, thy life. Oh, the Puritans, they had something. They had the power of God in their lives. His sufferings, thy salvation. You know, it may be Friday, but Sundays are coming, and Sunday's here, and Sunday's every day, as Andrew was reminding us this morning. You know, the resurrection life of Jesus is here every day, right here, right now. You know, I'm, uh, I just think Jesus is amazing. You know, it says that, you know, with death and hell, they're swallowed up whole. Jesus is so great. God is so big. You know, the power of death and hell was swallowed up whole. Jesus didn't even need to chew. He swallowed it all whole. Swallowed it whole. Didn't even need to chew. You and I need to chew. My mum used to say to me, I've one of four brothers... Sit and chew your food. You know, she put it on the table. It was gone. She turned around. It was gone. We'd have to, you know, Andrew was talking this morning about the, the fridge always, you know, and then the, the you, know, there's, you know, it's empty. Well, my mum was like that. She'd make cakes. They were gone. she turned around. They were rock, uh, she made rock cakes. We'd devour them. She'd say, sit and chew the stuff. Give us a few minutes at least. Jesus did not need to chew on death and hell. He swallowed them whole. That's how big God is. No power. Look, if you don't believe me, it says in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 to 55, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? God doesn't even need to nibble or chew on death and hell. He swallowed them whole. The devil is small, is nothing compared and hell to the power of the risen Jesus Christ. When we put our trust in him, when you put your trust in Jesus, as we were hearing some amazing testimonies this morning, he never disappoints. Let's pray. God bless you. Perhaps tonight you are feeling the fear of Friday. You're in a bit of a dark place. Maybe you're concerned or worried about something. Maybe you're sick. Perhaps you're here tonight and you feel the silence of Saturday. You've prayed and prayed and you don't seem to get an answer. Or you've looked and looked and you don't to see, to see. But remember, but remember, but remember that on Sunday, today and every day, Jesus swallows death and hell He rose again. And now all things are possible for they that believe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for each person that is here. I thank you for their heart, their life, their mind, their soul. Each one is so precious to you. Humanly speaking, I would say everyone's precious. And my heart would go out to anyone in need right now. Your heart breaks for the universe. 
that you sent your one and only beloved. What a beautiful Savior. What an amazing Father. What an incredible person is the Holy Spirit. So would you receive our hearts and lives and for anyone that's here tonight and the hearts are breaking for we feel the fear and there's a dark place for us right now. Would you come and just bring light and hope? Anyone that's praying about job or home or we're praying for a breakthrough and we don't seem to get an answer or it seems to be silent. Just like you did to the prophet, you whispered, I love you. I love you. I love you. Would you do that, Father God? And here tonight, we pray for the release of miracle upon miracle of your resurrection life within our lives. We want to rededicate ourselves. Perhaps if I've doubted you, Father, forgive me. Perhaps if I've walked away and let my life become full of so much other stuff, I rededicate myself. Not only do I remember, but I rededicate. I rededicate. You are so dedicated to me that you would give your very life to rise again for me. I want to be dedicated to you to give you my very life so that I can live in your resurrection power. Oh God, change our world. Change our families. Change our homes. Change our town. Change Long Eaton. Change Sawley. Toton. Breeston, Draker, Chilwell, Nottingham, Derby, this region, the area, our nation. We pray for a release of the power of your resurrection life as we rededicate ourselves to loving and living for you. In your wonderful name we pray. Now you might be here tonight and if that's you and you need to rededicate, only you will know what that means. Do it right now. Just in your heart before God, say, God, not only do I want to remember, but I'm going to rededicate. Maybe tonight there's someone here and you need to come before God and say, God, forgive me for living life for me. That's what sin is. Sin is turning our backs on God and living for us, not for him. That's why it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All humanity has turned their backs on him, the Father and Creator. So God sends his one and only Son that whoever turns their face believes and trusts in his sacrifice for our turning of our backs upon God. He restores the relationship. And maybe you're here tonight and, you know, being a Christian isn't just reading the Bible or coming to church and being as good as we can. They're all good things. But it's someone that says, God, forgive me for living for me. I want to live for you. I trust your son Jesus for paying the price for me. If that's you tonight, then while we're quiet, in your heart say, forgive me, Father God, for turning my back on you. I thank you that you sent your son to restore my relationship with you. I believe that you've sent Jesus to die for me. I give you my heart and life in his name. Now if you do that and have done that, 
then God welcomes you with abandoned open arms, with great love and incredible mercy. And if you've rededicated your life to him, he does exactly the same and welcomes you with abandoned love and great mercy. Let's be a people that don't just remember, but we were rededicated and dedicated in the power of his resurrection. Let's stand together and worship, shall we? Or you can remain seated if you prefer, that's fine. But those of you, if you feel that you can stand, you'd like to, you're welcome to. Let's rededicate, as we rededicate ourselves, let's open our hearts to the power of his resurrection. Let's open our hearts to the power of his resurrection. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings for this evening as well. If you're visiting, then just let the offering basket go by. But if you'd like to contribute to the work and life of our church and the community, then you're very welcome. And let's embrace all God has for us in the power of his spirit. Holy Spirit, come, fill us afresh and anew with resurrection, life and hope. And I pray, Father God, that where there's hopelessness, where there's fear or pain, that you'll come with hope and power. Turn our lives upside down. Empower us as a church for something fresh and our communities that we represent. I pray for marriages to be renewed, hearts to be restored. I pray for bodies to be healed. Jesus, let there be a release of miracle after miracle after miracle of life and hope. Not just in this building, but in us and outside of us, wherever we go. In the power of your resurrection, we pray. 